Welcome to the Youth Hockey Hub High School Hockey Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the Red and Black League. To learn more about the league, go to redandblackleagues.com. Now to the show, featuring YHH publisher Tony Scott, the forum guru, Carl East, and the reigning most viewed high school games champion, Danny Ryan. Here's Danny. Thank you, Drew. Yes, I am Danny Ryan, joined with you in studio, Tony Scott. How you doing, Danny? I've been better. Um, and why is that good? That's good because we're used to this uh, shtick every uh, year. Same time we no, got no, through. We're going to talk about that. Later. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then Carl laughing up in Duluth. Carl, how are you? I'm not bad. How are you, Danny? Well, I've been better. Um, so before we get into why I'm in a um, salty, salty mood as um, why I'm a little cheesed right now. Um, let's get into some news and nuggets from this week, Tony. We're going to go in order of these news and nuggets. First was uh, Matt Doman stepped down as Stillwater's head coach earlier this week, told the team after their loss to Hill Murray that he was stepping down. That's kind of a weird time. Right after the season? No, after a loss. No, no, after the season. He brought okay. him in the day after. Oh, okay. It was the, well, the way you just phrased it there, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh. oh, and by the way, boys? Yeah. Back to your gear, I'm gone. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, that sounded kind of weird. No, they had a player only getting the next day. So I... Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the other Didn't one just was drop his clipboard very... and walk off the ice. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it on. That's how I always picture Bruce Brant playing with Quit. Done. <laughs> Bruce Plant, when he coached, didn't have hockey gloves. He had like Carhartt, like wood. Shopping gloves. That's what he used. Right? I just imagine him just whipping his wood shopping gloves and throwing them and a wood stick. It was like, are you really going on the ice with that look? He's like, yep, that's how I do it. You know. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, Hermantown, bit segue there. Uh, Dante Lawson's Greenway team beats uh, Hermantown, and that's where the story starts. Um, Dante scores. A hat trick last Saturday uh, on the day his brother had a Dominic had a, a kidney transplant, and then he scores the game winner to beat Hermantown. And I get a phone call from someone from uh, the University of Minnesota Hospital saying, "Hey, is there any way you could help uh, Dante's family get tickets uh, in a suite uh, for the tournaments?" And I said, "Well, I'll give it a shot." This was 10:43 on Thursday night, with nine articles to write, by the way. Uh, for that night. Plugging articles. Like <laughs> Plugging articles. As always. But anyway, I sent a tweet out at 1043 by 1051, literally eight minutes later. Uh, I got a text from a friend of mine uh, from Hermantown. He says, I have a suite and would love to uh, host uh, as many of the uh, Lawsons who would like to come or need to come uh, in the suite for those games. And the rest is history. It took off on Twitter and it got... Uh, picked up by the news station in Duluth and the Duluth News, and it just went crazy all over the state. And uh, it was a good feel-good story, and Dante uh, and his family, or his family, get to come and watch him and uh, in an environment that's less germ, has less germs than actual the general public. So exciting. So yeah, we know how the 200 level is, so, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> <one. laughs> exactly. 
Oh, yeah. I wonder if we'll make it up there this year. I'm, I, I would say... Oh, like we have to, yeah. I mean, it's just something you have to do once. Yeah. It's kind of a tradition. Yes, I will go back up there. Um, it's going to be a lot better when my ninth grade daughter graduates high school. It'll be way better when, going up there then. But with her friends and that her contemporaries, it's just... Oh, my God, it's Tony Scott. Oh, my God. Weird. Where the boys are for the girls. Totally weird. Okay, uh, and last one is the CDs came out this morning, which I think is an interesting nugget. Danny, you want to take it away from here? Uh, how St. Thomas again got, you know, dropped a bad seating? I I I felt seatings were going to go Edina, Blaine, which they fell into that, and then St. Thomas Academy right in the 18-game win streak, crushing it right now, and then Eden Prairie, who's had a really good end of the, you know, good season overall, late mm-hmm. conference, you know, team, and then followed by Moorhead, who crushed Easton's season, kind of made Carl, like, question the life of a greyhound um, when that <laughs> happened. So, I I mean. I think it was Champlin, which was the real crisis. Uh, so, let's put, yeah, yeah. Let's, put, <laughs> let's put a couple things in perspective. One of Ian Prairie's recent losses was Stillwater, 5-7. to seven. St. Thomas Academy beats Stillwater in season. I'm You're really grasping here. I'm not grasping when their late conference record was <laughs> really 50-50. They beat Hopkins. Yeah, that's part of the other 50. <laughs> Are you yeah. done with the seeding wine? Or you want to, I'll give you another 90 seconds. Uh, yeah. well, I, I, just, I feel like that Duluth East deserved an on-rank squad, when you look at Duluth East, and their six losses and ties just were god-awful, and you have a Moorhead team that had a really, really strong season, and they get job to play Edina first round. That's, that's my 97. Okay. Carl, anything yeah. to add on the seedings? I'm sure you were in glee when you saw a team that has not won a first-round game in the state double-A uh, tournament when that popped up on the screen as a Duluth East grad. Yeah, that was delightful. Um, yeah, so I'm perfectly happy with these. I don't know why Danny's complaining. <laughs> no, but in, in all seriousness, uh, I, I do think St. Thomas deserves a three-seed. Um, I think that they, they were ranked ahead of Eden Prairie you know, almost all, all season long, and it's not like Eden Prairie beat Minnetonka in sections to make a jump. So uh, that, that one was weird to me. Um, I think fourth or sixth or so is very convoluted and I'm not surprised that strange things happened there. I was surprised that Eden Prairie ended up at three. Uh, before we continue talk about some section finals, let's talk about my understanding. It's an electronic balloting process by the coaches, and it just comes out the way it comes out. There's no, as as, as we know, as people not inside the room, is that how it's done, Carl? As far as I know, yeah. I don't think there's the opportunity how- for backroom deals, yeah. That is how the high school league tweeted it today, actually, prior to the fact. They said that it goes by a computerized system and has nothing to do with rankings. Well, I don't know how, you know, what the rationale is behind Eden Prairie being the three seed. Is that, you know, like, uh, just based on these coaches seeing those teams. I have a thought. This is just a thought. There's nothing, there's nothing, no basis of fact in this other than I thought a lot of teams, especially the one through three, one through four type of teams, 
uh, knew, and it's a game. It's almost like gaming the system. They knew they didn't want to play Duluth East, so they probably ranked them higher to get them out of the six and the seven and the eight slot so they could get them to the 1-4 spot and they wouldn't have to play them and get beaten by them in the first round. It's just a conspiracy theory, and it, and it potentially could have taken place. Any thoughts on that potential? I, I think that's a pretty high potential because that would explain St. Thomas's up and and, and the Luthies up, up and St. Thomas's down. And all it needed was one slot to move it, and that's what happened. Well, and it's the Moorhead question. Too, because they got they got a raw deal as well. Moorhead really mm-hmm. got a raw deal. Uh, Moorhead went from a ranked team playing possibly Eden Prairie, who they gave a good game in season to. Yeah. Um. To now playing. Didn't they lose six to one? I think they lost six to one. Uh, it, 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 we were at that game. It was hockey. For it was life. a really good. It game. It was a really good game it, for two periods, and then it took over Eden Prairie. At, and that was late, after, we're talking late in the game. And that was after Moorhead had just had a thriller against Edina in in the night before. Right. So I, I think that six Fair enough. was a little bit kind of like the Benilde five to one was a little bit misleading. That was not a five to one game. I don't know if we're going to talk about that game well, we much can, today, yeah, but, we, but it's a good segue to get into second yeah, final. We can talk about the second final. Since we last talked, um, uh, last that tournament is Sunday. decided. Yep. Okay. Yep. No, I was going to say we 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 left off the the Holy Family, but we did talk since then. I'm sorry, it was that the Holy the Holy Family had knocked off, but they could not knock off Eden Prairie in a very similar game on on uh, Wednesday night. Don't you think it was a very similar game to the Holy Family uh, Minnetonka game? Close, close, close. Uh, Taka couldn't put them away, and Eden Prairie was having a hard time putting Holy Family away. Uh, I thought, I thought, I thought Holy Family had, besides the last minute, they had some great chances late in the second and all throughout the third period. I, I thought Bailey was the difference maker in this game where last year, I forget who their goaltender was right now, but, uh, Caton, something, Caton was his name? I don't. I don't, Colorado. Yeah, so. Connor Hayton, I believe. Yeah, where last year he was stealing the show. And he was playing out of his mind. Huber was playing normal Bailey Huber hockey. And so it wasn't really surprising that he was making really good saves and all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, where last year, you know, this year that didn't give Holy Family momentum. Last year that gave them momentum in that game. Right. Because they were feeding off of that. Yes. That was kind of the difference that I is, uh, was the feeling between these two. Because it kept feeling like Imperi was coming back and back. The sophomore line that they have going on right now of Holt and Batchelder with Red Rooter um, Jensen is playing very, very well. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I have a hard time when I'm watching games, tracking lines. I'm looking for other things. Someone says, did you realize that Jack Jensen was on the ice for 30 minutes? I'm like, who stopped watching guys? <laughs> I don't know. Is this true? Did he play 30 minutes? Well, he double shifts. Right? Yeah, I know, but the game's not 60 minutes long. I don't know. Well, they, we were getting stat sheets up um, up in the box. He played a lot, that's yeah, for sure. He did. Anyways, moving on. All right, next game that I thought was of note would be White Bear Lake. My, my boys, White Bear Lake, made it to state, beat Hill Murray. Uh, and I'm going to make a monumental pick later on in the show in our pick section. Oh, Any thoughts oh, no. on that game? <laughs> Are you going to buck the 19, 18-year trend, Tony? What? What? 
Oh, that's not monumental when you drop it like that. What are you talking about? I think that they're going to win a first-round game the first time in the history of the program. Okay, let's talk about this game for a little bit first. Okay. Carl, you watched this game, right? I did, yeah. And I thought, um, you know, White Bear came out with great energy at the start, uh, got that you know, 2 nothing lead. Um, and really from there, I felt like Hill kind of carried play. He was generating good pressure, but White Bear Lake withstood it. Um, the shorthanded goal was probably the big killer, and then uh, hung on from there. I, I would say that it, at that shorthanded goal moment, Carl, that's where the game could have gone the other way. Is mm-hmm. I thought that well, Hill was going to get a power play goal. Now, Hill hasn't had a great power play all season, but it just had that momentum going that way. That first goal went in for Hill. Then it's a power mm-hmm. play. Then it's a fluky goal. And then it's an empty net or, you know, like uh, something stupid, you know, that just happens. Yeah, but when we've that seen that strip before, goal, yeah. We've seen it so many times, but when that shorthanded goal went in, you kind of felt that White Bear was going to win that game. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. No question about that. Uh, moving on, the uh, game that I saw, uh, Blaine beats Maple Grove, comes back and beats Maple Grove. I thought they were the better team. Um, I thought they kind of controlled play. I thought they had they had, uh, they, they won in the shots on goal battle, but Got to give Maple Grove must have had 30 or 40 block shots, and Winnicky played really, really well. I'm not saying it should have been a worse score, uh, but it was really tough for Maple Grove to even uh, apply pressure at the end of the game. They just—it was one of those games where, in the final two minutes, they barely got maybe two shots on goal. Having seen this game in season, it, that's kind of how the last game I saw yep. went. Like it, it, there was a little bit of firebrand hockey, and then it was just Blaine was the better team. A little bit. They won, won a lot of battles. They were bigger. They were stronger. A little more experienced. They're a thick team. Yeah. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Yep. And their win over White Bear. Speaking of big teams, uh, <laughs> Duluth East was a big physical team on a Thursday night. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the most physical game of the AA games that I saw, finals that I saw, um, and the least penalized game. They, they, there were very few power plays, either one. Oh, did I say something about power plays? Uh, I won't bring that up, unless, Carl, you want to bring that up. I, you, you, in one of our text strings, you were, of course, an East apologist and saying it was a good call and there was going to be a clean breakaway as a result of it or something like that, right? Not quite, but, you know, I think I think where, where the refs probably erred in this game was that they let too much go early. And that sort of turned the game into this this brawl for about two periods. Then, you know, mid-third period, they started calling things normally, which was a bizarre choice. And, you know, I thought the penalty on Andor, on, on East that set up Andover's tying goal was softer than the one that on East, or one on Andover for East winning goal in overtime. But, you know, suddenly they're calling things, which is you know, sort of a weird way of inserting themselves. Yeah, I didn't think it was a very good call, but you know what? Uh... It was almost like Andover gave up when when they called the penalty. Well, it, was, it took it all of all of eight seconds. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. It was like they called a penalty, and it was like it was probably one of the easiest, prettiest goals you'll ever see. Ricky Lyle uh, with a just an unbelievable pass to Ryder Donovan, and it's funny that Ricky. I tweeted this out. Ricky uh, Ryder Donovan is going to be on the cover of the Duluth News tomorrow morning. But the real story was Ricky Lyle. His two goals were huge goals, both of them. And then his pass to Ryder was unbelievable. Carl, what do you yeah. got to think about that? 
Yeah, I'd say uh, Ricky Lyle, you know, East had 16 goals in the playoffs in their three games, and he scored eight of them and assisted on five. So let's talk about stepping up to, to the moment. Yeah, that's an impressive stat line, without question. Um, okay, let's move over to some Class A games of note. Uh, Minnesota River punches their first ticket. Carl, let's yep. hear the five schools that are attached to Minnesota River. <laughs> the Sewer, Henderson, St. Peter, Cleveland, yep. Tri-City United, Belle Plaine. Did I get them all? Uh, what, <laughs> what is Tri-City United? Where is that? I was actually looking this up idly while you two were blathering in the pregame, and it's it's actually not on the Minnesota River. It's a little ways east. Uh, I still have my map open. Uh, no, I don't. But, oh, oh, it's like uh, Montgomery, Lonsdale, with better. I think those oh, are the okay. Yeah. I got it. I know where that is. That's, that's crazy. Well, I want to know how many of these players are from all these different schools. Well, all of them would be. What do you mean? Well, oh, you mean like how many are – you got any kids from Cleveland on the team? Interesting side note, on their Twitter feed, Minnesota River's Twitter feed, they when they took the bus back from St. Peter, they went through each of these towns. Drop the kid off? Do they pull the string? I don't and know. Like... Yeah, I'm not sure. Stop! <laughs> but it was pretty cool. They had people waiting in each of the towns cheering them on. It was it was kind of neat. You know, like when Grand Rapids went back, they had the video of the bus. They had a little cavalcade going back to the to each little town. Oh, that's cool. And I talked to the coach uh, yesterday, setting up an interview for our, our um, state tournament preview. And he says, yeah, it isn't exactly a straight line, but we definitely got back and had to stop in all five towns. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, 2A, Delano, uh, Aaron Cruz goes crazy, shuts down the state champion Orno. I thought that was an interesting win. On a heater. On um, 4A, Montemita avenges loss to... Uh, Totino and blanks them five nothing. I kind of saw that could happen. Oh, I thought it was an even mat- flip of a coin type of a game. Yeah, Montemita in the big games that I've seen them play this year, they do come to play. That Hermantown game, they really gave them a good game. I agree with Cathedral, that. Cathedral, they came out and dominated that game. They could be the favorite. They are the number one. Team. I know they're number three. That's that's very prophetic of you. But I I still think the Cathedral, the way they played against Alex, was is is noteworthy. Uh, North Branch makes their first ever state tournament, and if you follow all my tweets, if anybody doesn't know this, North Branch does not have a rink. Their home rink is in Chisago. That's where they play their high school games. Uh, Cathedral wins 6A. They're back in the state tournament. Uh, my guy Tom Kupich was there. He says, man, I've seen these guys play five times this year. That is by far the best I've seen them all year. I think I've seen them play five times as well, and they're that's one of my teams that I can. All right. And then last but not least, uh Greenway beats Hermitown. Nine years mm-hmm. or ten years? I, I can't I can't count that high. It's Had been, been nine in a row. Years, nine in a row. That's a pretty impressive run uh by Hermantown and the impressive win. I thought I watched this game. I thought that Greenway in the last half of the game was by far the better team. Carl, what did you yeah. see when you were up there? Yeah, I agree. I mean, in the first period, it was kind of going as expected. You know, Hermantown put, I think, 22 shots on Greenway and was up 2-1, to one, you know, controlling. But then, second period, just uh, Ben Trombley and Dante Lawson really just got rolling. And th- those two combined, I, you know, Hermantown just didn't have an answer. They were creating far far more good chances than Hermantown's top line was. And uh, 
know, had a bunch of great odd man rushes, breakaways. Crawley's uh, uh, effort to tie the game was incredible individual goal, and then Lawson got the game winner. Here's a little known fact that I learned this week by by talking to Dante's mom, Kelly, uh, about the tickets and that whole situation. Uh, Dante Lawson and um, Ben Trombley are second cousins. Did you know that? It doesn't surprise <laughs> me. It, it's the range. No. <laughs> yeah, well, the, I think that's a common Crazy. range thing, Tony. Well, you go to Warroad and everyone's a Marvin. It's the same deal. It's like small town, small town. Um, so that wraps up the section finals chatter. Let's get into the state tournament. Do we want Carl to go through his like urban planning stuff so we can tell you how the second cousins work and how closely that is? <laughs> because it could not be not not my expertise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Starting on Wednesday, we got some Class A games going on. Um, let's start from 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, North Branch, the unseeded team, will play the number two seed, St. Cloud Cathedral. North Branch, 19-7-2. Uh, St. Cloud Cathedral, 24-4. and four. Um, Let's talk about this game for a little bit, some keys to the game. Uh, obviously, North Branch is going to have to stem the tide, first, the old stem the tide first period. Don't get, you know, rattled by the big lights and and playing at the X. That's the first thing. But if they can get past the first period and make it a two-period type of game, I think that North Branch has a lot of ability here. They got through three section games. I think that North Branch is one of those two teams, unseated teams, that can make some noise. Carl? Uh, I, yeah, I, I'd agree with Tony that they're probably the, be the most likely of the three unseated to I think they're the strongest of the three, but I think Cathedral is a tough draw for them. I think they're probably in for a rough rough morning, but hey, they're there. So it's kind of an argument that you could say that these two schools know each other pretty well, too. Yeah, for sure they would know each other. Do they play each other? I don't think so, but Section 5 and – Carl? They have not played in at least the past five years. I checked that. Section five and section six, though. Yeah, I'm sure they probably yeah. played in youth or something, but I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if some cathedral kids are from section five towns. But yeah, no immediate history, though. So I, I think that, you know, North Branch is, definitely knows who Cathedral is, and they're going to be up to play this game for sure. Nate Warner will be back for, and he has been, for mm-hmm. um, the Crusaders as well. I think that's going to be a difference maker in this game and really the speed of Cathedral. Well, I think the fact that, you know, John Bell was hurt at the end of the year, and now he's back. I mean, they're back. They're full strength. I think this team is a team that just, you know, it's the team that we saw in December, Danny, and that was yeah. a really good hockey team. Yeah. It's not the team that you saw against Montemidi. No. So that's why I think the Cathedral, although the two-seed, I think they're the best team in this tournament. So yeah. Warner did not play against Montemidi, correct? No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. and um, Neither did Bell. Yeah, and um, Cathedral scored for the Montemidi as well in that game. <laughs> so. <laughs> game two, moving on. Minnesota River unseated plays East Graham Forks number three seed around one o'clock to one thirty. 
On Wednesday, Minnesota River is 20 and 4. Uh, definitely some snows on that one. Um, they should have more games than that. And then um, East Grand Forks is 20 and 8. I think obviously East Grand Forks here has played a way way tougher schedule. You I mean, think? I mean, you look at you look at Minnesota River. They literally, it's one cupcake after another. They play a more heavy three A uh, schedule than a 1A schedule. Uh, so this is a look for a Laverne uh, Hutch type of L- Litchfield type of scheduling versus like a Lourdes plays a tougher schedule. Some of those 1As plays a little bit tougher schedule. Um, and I think that's going to hurt them for sure. I, yeah. I'm interested to watch the East Grand Forks defensemen in this game. Um, they're supposed to be pretty fun to watch. I have not seen East Grand play yet. Um, Carl, what are you looking for? Yeah, I think you, you look at some of the, the young talent that East Grand Forks has, uh, Landon Parker, Trey Ospis. That's something that Minnesota River just hasn't seen. And Minnesota River actually has played two state tournament teams this year. They played New Ulm and, uh, and North Branch and lost to both of them. So in that context, I think this is going to be a struggle. But, um, again, as with North Branch, impressive run just to be here. Um, okay, let's move on to the next game, New Ulm. The uns- last of the unseasons plays the number one seed Montemidi. Um New Orleans seventeen eight and one. Montemidi twenty one six and one. Um, Montemidi is probably riding as big of a heater as anybody right now coming off of that section win. That's a huge, huge win over Totino. Um, after pretty much having the reversal score Almost, the- yeah. to them in season, and so I I think they're primed and ready right now. Um, Carl, what's the keys for um, these two teams? Yeah, well, as with the uh, other unseeded teams, with New Orleans, kind of just hang on, stick around. They do have one player who scored a lot, named Glavin Shugel, so he's he'll be the one to watch there. Um, Matamidi, they're just they're just really deep. Um, I think for a Class A team, they have you know three good lines, solid defensive core, got a, a freshman goalie who's playing very well in Ben Dardis, so it's a very complete team. They don't think they quite have the front end firepower of Cathedral, but you know, across the board, a very solid squad and deserving of the top seed. Uh, you know, New Orleans was a, a comeback team. They've, you know, they got a, they got a good goalie, Jack Raymond. I think this is a team that, again, not the, the same theme as Minnesota River. Haven't played at this speed uh, for long periods of time. I don't see how New Orleans can do it, but they do have. They do have some firepower. They do have one good line. They 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 had some tough section games, uh, so they've played in tight games before. But I don't think they've played at the speed and the skill that they'll see with Cathedral. Um, in the final matchup, the, the number five seed Delano will play the number four seed Greenway. Uh, how do you pronounce those last two? Nashwaukeewatton. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm bad at names. Okay, Delano seventeen nine and two. Greenway fifteen and thirteen. Um, start with Greenway. Definitely not the season that they thought going into this year. Looking at the outcome on that, but where they want to be right now. I think Greenway would be two and twenty eight during the state tournament, or three and twenty seven. They would could care less. <laughs> Whatever the number comes out. 28. <laughs> oh, it's 3 and 25. They could be 50 and 2. They could be 
Tua is 73. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter to them. The point was it doesn't matter. They got the one win that really, really mattered, and that was beating Hermantown in the Florida State Tournament. I think part of it, and if if, if this is going to be coach speak, but you know Grant Clapton saying, well, yeah, we we put together a tough schedule so we'd be ready for a team like Hermantown in the section final. And they did have a tough schedule, but they didn't bear out very well in that tough schedule. He well, admit that. Well, I mean, granted, they didn't look strong in their first meeting against Hermantown. Carl was at that game, right? I was. So it, it is worth no, noting that, um, you know, a couple of their very best players on a very thin team were not playing in that game. Ben Trombley did not play. He was the best player on the ice on, in the section final. I don't think he played in their loss to Delano in the regular season either. But, yeah, it's certainly true that they had their, their bad moments this season. They they played Delano in season? Yep. Lost 4-3. to three. Well, Another example of how seedings work in the state tournament, I guess. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> how does that <Yep>. work? <laughs> that seems a little weird. Hermantown points, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, you have a better record than Delano. They beat you in season, and then you... Yeah, yeah, but they beat Hermantown in the it, section final. I, I I agree with the seedings. I, I think no, I just fair. think that's weird, though. Yeah, I know, I know. Don't look at me. You're looking at me like I like I did it or something. I think this is your conspiracy. It is. I I conspired for Greenway to be the three seed. You know that's weird because of the four seed. But moving on, um, <laughs> four seed. <sorry. laughs> the class two A talk. But before that, Tony. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Red and Black League. It was great as we lead into the 2A. Uh, I talked to Brian Hansen, who runs the Red and Black League, and he said that there were like 21 players in the Section 6 AA final who played from from uh, Benilde and Edina who have played in the Red and Black League. It's a great league uh, for players who are looking to develop their game without a lot of hitting, a lot of commitment. It's just it's a, just a bunch of games being played. No check hockey. It's played in the spring. So if you're looking to continue on your hockey playing uh, after the season and still are playing maybe a, another sport and just looking for some great action here locally in the Twin Cities, uh, kids from all over the state. We had kids from New Ulm uh, played in the league. Kids from Minnesota River played in the league. Uh, so they're coming from all over outside the metro to play in this league. Their tryouts are March 12th, so go to the Red and Black League website, redandblackleagues.com. Let's talk some double-A. Okay. First game on Thursday, White Bear, the unseeded team, will play number two of the Blaine Bengals. White Bear Lake, 21-4-1, and and Blaine, 22-2-2. and um, Let's talk about this. You want to talk about it first, Tony? Yeah, I'll, I think that, you know, you guys were discounting White Bear a little bit, you know, as to maybe being out of, outplayed by um, Hill in the, in the section final. I think White Bear's had a great season. I think they got some good chemistry on their team. Um, I'm not sure they're going to win the uh, win their first ever first-round game, but I think that, that uh, they're playing some pretty good hockey right now. I talked already at, at nauseum about how great I think Blaine is. I think Blaine is – is a team that can be hoisting the new Evolith Trophy on Saturday night. Carl? Yeah, I think the White Bear is capable of making this a game. I think they their second line probably has more scoring power than Blaine, so I think that's 
you know, if they, if they have an edge somewhere, that's where you look for it. You know, they've got, they've got a re- real stay-at-home defense. I was looking at staffs. I you know, was working on some preview stuff, and I don't think they have a defense in with more than seven points in the regular season. So stay home. They really protect Evan Foss, and that's what they'll have to do if they want to withstand the uh, barrage that's going to come from Bryce Brzezinski and Carson Reichels. But, yeah, this, this Blaine team is so complete, so it's hard to pick against them in, in the first round. I, I actually think Blaine has a really good second line, Carl. I really like Will Hillman. Um, Joe Danger and Nett for the Bengals is also having a great season. Um, this is a Blaine team that's primed to make a pretty good run here. Um, and just watching White Bear, I've seen them in a couple of big games. I saw them in the Andover game, saw them in the Dyna game. They, The Hill games have been the only ones that I've seen that they finished. And I don't know if this is their year. Next year might be their year type of thing. Um, but it's going to be a tough hill to climb and a lot of history to overcome as well with this. Lakeville South will then play the number three seed, Eden Prairie. Um, Lakeville South coming in 14-12-1 like a normal Section 1 AA team. <laughs> 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 and then Eden Prairie, 17-9-2. Carl, you want to talk about this game first? Sure. Yeah, you know, I I think that some of the seeding controversy would have been extreme had had Eden Prairie, you know, not drawn Lakeville South here too, <laughs> because not only do they get a higher seed than expected, but they get the team that you know I think everyone agrees is you know the weakest in the field. Though at the same time, this Cougars team is not awful. They've played a very tough schedule. Usually stuck around with the good teams they've played. They've got you know some very good sophomore talent on this team. You know, we got uh, Kate Aaronhold, uh, Griffin Lidke, Jack, Jacob Malinsky. I mean, there's there's talent there. Are they probably a year away from contending for anything more than this? Probably, but um, I think that they can at least stick around for a little while with Eden Prairie. I think that uh, Eden Prairie is playing good hockey. Are they seen? I mean, I've seen them play at all stages. I've seen them play early in the season, middle of the season, hockey for life, and now late in the season, they seem to be a lot more mature. They seem to know what everybody's role is. I think they have just more physical gifts than than Lakeville South. That said, like Carl said, they've played really well the last three or four weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little uh, uh, first round magic out of the Cougars. I don't they've know. Done it twice you, before. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't. I don't have any memory of that happening. At least one of those two times, Carl. I think yeah, they've I, beaten both your squads. Yeah, <laughs> right? they have. They have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys can't really cock off too much about Lakeville South being a, a bad opponent. <laughs> <laughs> Got awfully quiet in here. Uh, moving on. <laughs> no, but to say two, two things about Ian Prairie before you move on, I think you're right there, Tony. Um, I think everybody on their squad is playing – in their role right now, which was not the case in a lot of the seasons. No one knew their role. Yeah, and a great example of that is the sophomores. I really think Drew Holt has come on, um, but and Carter Batchelder has been playing really well. Well, here's an yeah. interesting take. So you always hear the old, they're not freshmen anymore. You know, like you watch the NCAA basketball tournament. I only hear that from you. Actually. Oh my God. It seems like I hear it all the time. They're not freshmen anymore. You know, like late in the season, these guys are easily in the top, you know, 
top of their class as far as sophomores. They have three of them on the same team, and they make a huge impact on this team skill-wise. And it's fun to watch this team. When they're breaking into a lineup like they are with a lot of juniors and seniors on it, it's hard to kind of break in. But I think they've kind of broken in, kind of like a good baseball man. I think they're finally broken in now. Uh, they fit into the team. They fit into the chemistry on the team. Um, I think that this team could make a deep run. Yeah, I'd say give some credit to Lee Smith for pulling this team together. And, and really, we start looking at what Ian Prairie's done over the past decade now. This is seven out of 11 tournaments. And you start thinking about you know what, the section that they're coming out of and uh, trying to balance all the talent that he's had and you know, getting it all to work together consistently at the end of the year and getting players to buy into roles. I think that's impressive. Well, I think it's a standpoint on coaching and talent there with mm-hmm. Prairie. I just, you know, they have had a lot of good talent come through. Absolutely. Moorhead then plays the number one seed Edina. Moorhead twenty-one six and one. Edina twenty-four two and one. We will talk shortly with Edina's Mason Nevers um, about this and other um, matchups as well. Um, they have played once before in this game uh, on a Thursday night, and it did not go in the Hornets' favor um, in two thousand and nine. Um, no. So ten years ago. That was a very loaded, loaded Edina team and a very less-than-loaded Moorhead team. So it's a little bit different this year. This Moorhead team's pretty good squad. Great team, great balance, uh, great great defensemen. They have three defensemen who really move the puck, and they have two good lines, I mean, that have put the puck in the net. They've gotten some good goaltending from Hudson Hodges down the stretch. I think this team is poised. Uh, to maybe pull off the upset. I never really got the impression during the, even though they were in the game the whole time, I never got the impression that Edina was going to get beat in that first game. This time, state tournament, everything on the line, who knows? This could go the other way. Carl? Yeah, I think that's what Tony was saying. It's, it's a very good matchup, I think. Um, where his top line is one of the, the, the scariest out there with Clavin and Hank Meyer Howe and Westra. And, but Edina, um, I think since they moved uh, <clears throat> Malmquist to the second line, they've achieved a little more balance, which might help escape the, the top line matchup here and might be where they have their talent edge. But, uh, yeah, this has the makings of a pretty good game if like, Warhead plays within, within themselves. I think, you know, definitely – if you look at Moorhead's got to score early in this game and, and establish themselves because otherwise Edina's just going to shut them down defensively. And they did score early against them the first time they played. Which they bode, were, bode well for them in the I first agree. matchup. I agree. Um, but, but as we, we saw on Wednesday, when Edina scores first and then shuts you down, you don't get shots on net. It's just full lockdown. Those five D are like lockdown D. Six. I know, but yeah, I'm saying, but, but yeah. the, the big names, you know, All Bish right. plays some. He doesn't play as many minutes as, no. as the big five, but they're just a huge. It's lockdown. It's really hard to get shots on goal. The only times that, that Edina gives up shots is kind of when they get bored or lose lose. They get up, okay. they get lose focus. They get up by a couple goals and oh uh, yeah, we'll give you a couple shots and pretty soon they you know the pucks in the back of the net. Carl? 
Yeah, but I think you also can't really open up this game either because I, I I did watch the the first Moorhead Edina meeting and that game was really wide open and I don't think Edina or I don't think Moorhead can win a track meet with Edina either. So it's, you have to find some sort of balance where you're playing a you know tough back and forth game and creating your chances against Edina. Okay, um, so that's all the quarterfinal games. Uh, I think you left one out. Oh, did I leave the juicy one out? The number five seed, Duluth East Greyhounds, will play St. Thomas Academy, the number four seed, Duluth East, 18-6-2, and, and struggled at some points in season. Uh, and St. Thomas Academy, 24-3-1. and one. Carl? Well, here we go again, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, full disclosure, Carl will be staying at my place during the tournament, so Thursday night's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we should mm-hmm. do a show. I I might get I might get left on the street after East wins, so uh, I'll just put up my my SOS right now. If you see a, you know, a guy in an East jersey watering the streets, who's you know, happy but abandoned, uh, please take me in. <laughs> happy but abandoned. <laughs> if it gets a little awkward, you can always come stay at my place, girl. Thanks, thanks, Tony. Um, so let's talk about this game for a little bit. So, Carl, what's the keys for the Hounds? Uh, I think the, the, the big thing is their physical play. I think that's been one of the keys to their late-season success and playoff success. I think they have to out-hit and outwork St. Thomas, uh, <clears throat> attack that defense as they did four years ago when they knocked off the cadets in, in the quarterfinals, and uh, for a continued big play out of their stars. Uh, you know, Donovan, Payne, and Lyle, they, they've all come to play in the playoffs, and they need more of that. Carl, could you see this being a high-scoring game? Uh, potentially, yeah. I think both these teams have had their moments where they can give up things in back. Um, not so much recently for either of them, but uh, given the, the the strength of the, the offensive talent that both these teams have, it's possible. I I think I happen to think that just because you look at both of their decors, it's kind of top-heavy in some ways. Um, and goaltending, uh, you know, in the bigger games has been kind of a, you know, a more of a shakier spot for both of these two teams. And so I think this could be a high-scoring game. Um, on St. Thomas Academy side, you have really two solid, solid lines and a good third line with Jackson Hollum right now. They're playing very good offensively. Um, Tony? Do you think that the the, the fact that it's the, the late-night game and, they got to wait all. Does that affect one team over the other? I think it's beneficial to St. Thomas to have that again this season after they had it last season. I think so. Um, and, and so for the early matchups, I know St. Thomas sleeps at home and then goes to the rink and then goes over, you know, like goes to their own rink and then goes to the X. They don't sleep in a hotel? No, they sleep in their own uh, – so they stay at the St. Paul Hotel, but then, like, for this game, they sleep in their own room. It's really weird. That's like, they weird. go home. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if they still do it, but they have done that before in the past. Okay. Interesting take. I did not know that. And so weird. for an early matchup, so if you're the two seed, you got to wake up from your house, then drive to, to St. Thomas rank. Academy, to then drive to the X. So you're waking up kind of early to do that. Oh, how miserable. How do they survive? When you have a rigorous academic full, 
Like, yeah. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> How do they do it? How do they do it? Are we ready, are we ready for pickups, or do you want to keep breaking down this juicy matchup? Do you want to break this down a little no, bit? No, I'm yeah, ready to be done. Let's hear the objective person take here. Yeah, let's. Oh, yeah, that's, that's my take. That's oh, okay. what I was oh. going for. Well, if it's, but, as long as I'm going to talk, as long as I'm going to talk, yeah, let's bored. talk about I'm it. I'm yawning. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it was fun to listen to you guys talk about it um, and get your guys' take. Um, I think this is a toss-up game. I, just, I feel like I've seen this game before. You know, what year was it? 2015. Yep, 2015. Yeah, 2015. <laughs> I'm covering the game, um, and my daughter calls and says, "Dad, I need you to pick me up for the game tonight, the the, the Thursday night session." I'm like, "Well, I'm covering the game. I can't just." But dad, but dad, I want to go to the game. I have tickets. And I was like, "Well, I'm covering this game." And meanwhile, St. Thomas is just drumming to loop east. I'm like, it was a yeah. good moment. I, I think I'm like, all right, honey, I'll come home. So it's like 4:15. I like streak back to Bloomington from from the X, and literally from the minute I left, the goals just started raining in for <laughs> So and that and the rest is history. So I've talked to Matt Snow, the goaltender for St. Thomas, about this, and you know they thought. You know, we're playing Edina. We're going to play Edina, and they don't have Dylan Malmquist, and that's what they thought going into the third period. Right. Oh, he thought that they're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. St. Thomas had won the game. Yeah. That's that was the difference between those two um, two locker rooms. I was listening to that game on the radio. I jumped in the car, put the put the game on the radio, and I'm like, I am missing an epic comeback right now. And it was a really good game. I think that it's going to be that kind of game. I'm not saying epic, but I think it's going to be an epic game. Uh, Thursday night, I think that place <laughs> okay. is going to be rocking. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for two seconds. Thursday night might be the best night of the tournament. Yeah, usually it's Friday, but it could be Thursday. Well, uh, and I'm going to throw down a couple uh, things that we've talked about in the past. You need an evil villain. Yeah. Okay. You have two of them this time. Uh, yeah. You have two teams that really are crowd favorites against those two teams. Yeah. Moorhead yeah. And, and East. Two on eight. And then, yep. Thank you. <laughs> and the crowd will be chirping both Edina and St. Thomas the whole way through. It could be an interesting Thursday night, that's for sure. It was definitely interesting last year when St. Thomas's student section showed up, and then they became a part of the first of the night games. Yeah. I think that's going to happen again this year. It could happen. It could definitely happen. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Pickums. Who wants to go first? Well, you you lead it. What are we picking? Uh, we are picking uh, all... Of the first round games, winners, in both A and AA, and then we are going to pick our champions. Okay. I will go first. And then you want to do Class A first? Yeah, and then, I'll go Class A down the line, and, and then, then and then you go and yeah, right, yeah, right. Just yep. make sure. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to go St. Cloud Cathedral over North Branch, East Grand Forks over Minnesota River, Greenway over Delano, and Matamidi over New Ulm. And then I'm going to take my champion on. Wait, just hold on for that. You oh, let's. Oh, we'll go to the end. Okay. All yeah. Right. All right. That's fine. All right. 
Um, Danny? So I'll go the same as you, just seated its way through. So Cathedral, East Grand, Montevideo, Greenway. Okay. It usually follows this track record in Class A. Class A, the top half is much stronger than the bottom half seeds. Yeah. Carl? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're going to go to the top four seeds here. I think Delano is the only one that's mildly interesting, but the way Greenway is playing right now, I don't see that one happening. No. All right. Are we picking our champion now? Or are we picking our champion? Let's let's wait. Okay. All right. Let's go double A. Well, while, actually, why don't we do our champions now? Because since we all have the same four, yep. who goes into the championship game in your book? I'm saying it's, again, I'm going top two, Matamida and Cathedral. And I said it earlier on the show, I think Cathedral is playing as good as anybody. Uh, I trust my friend Tommy Coop saying how well they played uh, against Alex. So I'm going Cathedral. I'll go Cathedral and Greenway with Cathedral's coming out. I've been high on Cathedral all year, I, yep. uh, and so I'm going Cathedral Greenway. You're taking Cathedral to win it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It'd be cool to see Greenway win it. Mm-hmm. It would be. It definitely would be, and I wouldn't be opposed to that by any no. stretch. <laughs> yeah, D- Danny stole my, my fun pick. Um, you know, Matamita has never made a, a state final, so I'll, I'll take the, the Raiders to get to the final against Cathedral, but um, – Know, running three, three, uh, two lines, you know, three straight games. I think we'll catch up with Greenway against a deeper Cathedral team in the final. Cathedral's probably the deepest scoring threat team in the state tournament on the Class A side. I agree with that. Yeah, possibly accepting Matamidi, yeah, but Matamidi doesn't yeah, have their front end is deep too. Yeah, I, I just see freshman goaltenders how good they are. It's a hard thing to trust. I think he's up to the task. I've had him on a team of mine who's done quite well. The kid has got major chops. Yeah. He's one of the most athletic kids you'll ever meet. I've seen him several times this year, and he is good. Okay. All right. Um, Are we on to double A? Double A. Are you guys probably want to sit down? I'm going to make my huge stock pick. If you guys are listening, I've been calling this since January. White Bear Lake's going to make it to state. Did they make it? They did. Yep, they did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> We're going to let you complete that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and now they're going to win for the first time ever in the first round. I'm picking White Bear to beat Blaine. Ooh, Carl. That's bold. I'm not. <laughs> Blaine. No. <laughs> All right. No. Next, game, next no. game, I'm going Eden Prairie over Lakeville South. And then I'm sticking with the uh, – I'm going to go one villain and one um, one favorite. I'm going to go Edina over Moorhead. I'm going to go East over St. Thomas Academy. Danny. Okay, so I, I definitely have Blaine coming on, uh, out mm-hmm. of the White Bear matchup. Um, I, I'm going to go Eden Prairie. I just don't see Eden Prairie losing that. It might be close for a little bit. But Ian Prairie played them in season and handled them pretty well. Um, I want to take Moorhead, but Edina is just too good right now. Okay. And then um, I'll go St. Thomas Academy. Wow, you said that with very a lot of conviction. That's mm-hmm. a, that's Let's go back and review the tape. I'll take St. Thomas Academy. <laughs> that's a tough game. <laughs> that's a tough game for either one of those squads. You know, it's hard to pick against the rider, but it's also, you know, I've seen St. Thomas play recently. They are 
they're on a heater. And if Muzzy plays like he did uh, on against Sibley. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. Sibley was tough too. Sibley's always tough. Okay, let's go through let's go through the Hound schedule if we want to do this. But I I like the way that they played. I think they're they're playing good hockey right now, and I'm going to go with them. All right, Carl. Let's hear it. I, I, okay. Can we just skip past the first three because I know you're going to pick them and get to the East St. Thomas game? Or well, you I might surprise you. Yeah. I'm going I'm going to pick Blaine, yeah. You know, I'm, and I'm going to pick Eden Prairie, too. Um, okay. I, 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 I am going to be a shameless northern homer. I'm going to go with Moorhead and East. It's going to happen <laughs> so, so you picked a lower seed. Danny, I'm looking. You didn't. You picked all the top seeds. Yeah. Well, that's mm. okay. Wow. Yeah. I think you gave me a hard time before the show because I picked the one and twos in both the state finals. Well, that's a now you've different. done the same. How does it feel to have to wear the pot after being calling me the kettle? How huh? does it feel to wear the pot? <laughs> what does that pot. even mean? Pot kettle. No, no. I'll, I'll look it up on Google. Pot and kettle. You're wearing you the pot. Wear you called me pot? the kettle. You come. Yeah. We're really you mixing our metaphors here. The pot. Head. Mr. <laughs> kettle. <laughs> All right. I have. Uh, are we picking our champions? Sure. Pot. Is that what they're called Pot. now? They're called champions. Do we pick or oh, we pick do champions? We call them. Okay, I'm ready. I guess I, so. I have Edina beating Blaine, one over the two. Oh, okay. Wait, hold on. But Blaine lost the White Bear. No, Is I, there I, a wraparound tournament that you're a part of? <laughs> they go to the back door. <laughs> they go to the back door. <laughs> regional, Tony. <laughs> Just straight. Oh, oh, you got me there. Yeah. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, scratch out that right now. You, you knew you'd get me on that one. I, did I say Blaine? I'm sorry. Did I say Blaine? I yeah. said EP, Eden Prairie. Edina, Eden Prairie in a in a late conference win. Fun. Okay. Uh, Fun. A, Fun. I'm going St. Cloud Cathedral over Matamidi. Yeah, we talked about that. We already picked them? Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> It's been a long week. Let me go. Okay, go ahead. Who's going? I don't care at this point. Carl. Does it really matter? Okay. Uh, I guess it's me. No. I'm going to pick Blaine over Eden Prairie, East over Moorhead, and East in the final. There you go. Drop the mic. (laughs) Drop the mic. Carl. Is East going to beat Blaine? Yeah. Or Eden Prairie? They, they, well, they could, they could be, they tied both of them in the regular season. That's not so impossible. Do you realize they haven't won in 21 years? All the, <laughs> right? 21 I, years. And it's been 18 for Blaine. 19. <laughs> okay, I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. I've been, I've been storing that up for a long time. I was doing a lot of research on past champs. I'm like, wait, East hasn't won since '98. Wow. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Not as long for other people. Um, I see Blaine um, beating Eden Prairie uh, in this one, but that was a real firebrand hockey the first go around. So um, that could be very be fun. Good, yeah, yeah, that would be a very good game. That was one of my favorite games actually in season. Um, and you're going to have two of the best power forwards in the state if that game actually happens. 
Um, and the St. Thomas Academy Edina game, um, I'm going to go Edina just because I saw that game in season, and Edina really did roll over St. Thomas. Even though that was without um, Stucker, I just uh, I'm still going to go with the Hornets on that one, and then um, I'm going to do Blaine over Edina. Blaine to win it. Blaine to win it. How many years since Blaine's won it? 18? 19. 19. 2000. Let me, yep. let me, well, let me look here. Um, when was the last time Edina won the tournament? 14. 14? Hmm. So they've won it last. Who was the last team out of this list to win it then? Hmm. St. Thomas? Double yeah. A. This is a double A oh, discussion. Oh, oh okay. So yeah, that's right. That doesn't yeah. count. Mariucci, they've done well. They've really done well at Mariucci. Also, their last title was in 2013, so Edina's was more recent. Yeah, that's, I, I, didn't, I didn't dismiss that. Wow. Wow, we're really harsh today. Yeah, the morning started off very salty in my book. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. We need that more often. We need that more often. Oh, I don't like oh. to wake up like that. It was a good wake up. Um, we're going to take in our Red and Black League uh, interview now. Thanks to Red and Black League for their sponsorship to our show. Uh, Red and Black League tryouts are March 12th. Go to redandblackleagues.com to learn more about their tryout information. Danny, why don't you take it away with our interview with Mason Nevers. Well, thank you, Tony. Yes, we are joined here today with Edina Senior Ford in Minnesota University of Minnesota commit, Mason Nevers, also a Mr. Hockey candidate, also state-bound. Mason, any more accolades that I can throw behind your name? Uh, No, that's it. Uh, Thanks for having me on the show, guys. That's about it. Uh. (laughs) Um, Yes, for sure. We would love to have you join us. Um, Now, you're coming off of a big section win over Benilde St. Margaret, a 5-1 win over at Mariucci, um, your future home. What was it like to play – at Mariucci, an Olympic size ice. That's something that we always wonder in that game. What was it like on your end? Yeah, it's always uh, kind of difficult uh, preparing for the Olympic ice uh, all year. We play on just regular size sheet, but uh, after section semis, we get a couple practices at big, and it kind of changes your system a bit. Uh, a lot bigger sheet, a lot more time and space to make plays, but on the other end, it's a lot tougher to take away soft spots defensively, but playing at the Uchi is always, always a fun game. I've been fortunate enough to play there three years in a row now. Uh, first year didn't go too well, but last two have gone well, but it's a really uh, fun game, great atmosphere. kind of gives you a little taste of what uh, the state tournament's like, so it's a really fun game. A lot more fun when you're on the winning end than the losing end, that's for sure, but playing there is always fun. Uchi. Is that Uchi. what the is that what the young kids call it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Uchi, yeah. Uh, well, uh, on your side of the bracket in the state tournament, you got a couple of rivals going on over there. You you open yep. up with Moorhead. Um, if Duluth East wins, uh, you, and you guys win, you guys will play each other um, to rematch last year's epic semifinal. Um, talk about who maybe are some of your biggest rivals in the state. Maybe not those two, but other ones as well. Yeah, I mean, first off, uh, we had a close game with Moorhead early in the year, so they're a good team. So that should be a good game to start the tournament off. Hopefully we can get our game on the ice and have a good one. But uh, some other rivals around the state, uh, Tonka is always up there. We have some good regular season games with them. Um 
Wyzetta's also another good rival. We've uh, had some good battles with them, especially uh, in sections and stuff like that. But I think the big one that we don't get to see much is obviously Duluth East. Uh, they've ended our season last year, and I know they did in 2015. And uh, I think those games are really good games, good atmosphere, and would love nothing more to maybe see those guys in another big game. Well, good atmosphere for who here, Mason? Because usually yeah. that game against Duluth East, not a lot of people other than the guys wearing green are cheering for Edina. So what's that like playing in a tournament game where about 20,000 of the 22 is cheering against you? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting. But, uh, I mean, in Edina growing up, since squirts, we've always kind of been hated. And I think in order to – get over that you kind of have to embrace that and accept it i mean once uh the start of the game edina hornets gets announced you just hear booze throughout the crowd and it kind of fuels the fire it kind of makes you that villain and you kind of want to be the bad guy and kind of rain on everyone's parade so i know our guys kind of like it we kind of embrace the fact that we're kind of the bad guys in the situation but it can be a little uh a little tough when things don't go your way when the whole crowd's going nuts and everyone's cheering but we like it so Hopefully we can get some booze this year. Hey, Carl, you got a question for, for Mason? Yeah, and mine kind of follows up on Danny's last one here, too. So, you know, I mean, Mason, you play for a team that, you know, I think a lot of the rest of the day almost take for granted that you're going to be at state, and I'm sure you don't. But mm-hmm. you know, people just sort of assume this, and you're the favorite, and there's a lot of pressure. And I think we've seen how some teams can, can struggle with that pressure over the years. So how do you handle that? Yeah, uh, I think first things first, uh, experience is big for us i mean we got 11 seniors this year a lot of guys played at the x last year and have been through the experience i remember being a sophomore kind of i did kind of take that year for granted kind of thinking like we were worried dying like there's no way we don't go to the x and we found ourselves in tears at mariucci uh losing the Wyzetta. so it kind of showed you how difficult it really is to make it to the x and it's fortunately it's made these last two years special in order for us to get there but, yeah, I mean, being the number one seed, you do have some pressure, but it's also a bit of confidence for us. We've been playing well this second half of the year, and I think that being the number one seed kind of shows that we can play with anyone and we have confidence in our ability to just get our game on the ice. And I think our skill set and ability will take over from there. Speaking of skill sets, you played on the uh, 2001 Blades growing up as a youth, Mason, and you've obviously got to play for Lance Pitlick, uh, and a lot of special players on that team you grew up playing with. Talk a little bit about some of those guys you played with and maybe talking about Coach uh, Pitlick, what it was like playing with him growing up and the impact he had. Yeah, I mean, my Edina guys are obviously the closest, my buddies I've been growing up with, but second to that is definitely the one Blades guys. I've uh, been playing with them since I was about seven or eight. A lot of them, we stuck together as a team throughout all the way up to around 14. So guys just like Kester and Judding become really good buddies with some other guys like Pitlick, um, Ryan O'Neill on St. Thomas, just getting to know those guys. And it makes it kind of fun playing against them uh, during the regular season and stuff like that. But yeah, coach Pitlick was a great coach for me personally. He, he showed us a lot about work ethic and character. Um, He would always have us do stick handling stuff, shooting stuff and, if you really wanted it, uh, he would show you how to get – he'd give you the tools necessary to achieve what you wanted. So he kind of showed me first how to work for what you get, and 
that kind of has brought me to where I am now, and I think it's a big part of how I have become a player I am today. So a lot of credit to Pitlick and those all one blades boys are my boys forever. So, yeah. Well, good deal. Uh, Mason, thanks for coming on the show. You did an awesome job. You could run your own podcast someday. I'm pretty <laughs> sure of that. Uh, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, good luck uh, with the the rest of the season, state tournament, uh, and being on today's show. Danny and Carl, thanks for a great show. Thanks to Red and Black League uh, for their sponsorship of the show. Check out Red and Black Leagues at redandblackleagues.com. We'll see everybody at the X. Over their face, my friends all know that I'm cool. I've been this way since high school. Cause life's never been sweeter when you're just a cake eater. When it comes to hockey, nobody can stop me. My high school team, I was playing on the top three. Now my son is scoring piles. He